Recorded live. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another stand-up call. This is stand-up call number two for mentoring sprint number eight. Cassandra Vaughn Worsley here. I hope everybody's Thursday. For a second there, I had to ask myself, is it Thursday? <laughs> what day is it? Because it's one of those weeks where time is flying. So if you are new to mentoring sprints, and if this is your first sprint, just an FYI, this uh, line is not universally muted. So be sure that you look at your phone and you self-mute. This is our stand-up opportunity. It's our opportunity to come to the table with what we have been holding each other accountable for and updates on our particular goals. So I can say for sure, for me, I am knee-deep this week, yesterday, today, in this adult learning theory course. I've got a few modules up in talent, but I still have about three more modules to go. So this may very well be something that extends to Monday, but will be done on Monday because I've got a week and a half of vacation time and I don't want to think about it while I'm not on vacation. So that is my update. Uh, Books read, taken care of, but I think uh, this talent course is taking more than I had estimated, but it will be done, so that'll be good. So updates are really just that. It's where are you with your goals? What are your goals? Quick overview for those who may not have been on stand-up call number one. And then just what you're struggling with or dealing with, and then any questions that we can help you brainstorm about. So that is the stand-up for me. Who would like to go next? Hi, Cassandra. It's Megan. How are you doing? Hey, Megan. Good. How goes it? Well, it's going pretty well. I had to recalibrate some of my goals that I was working on. Um, the Google Classroom that I was creating for the Teachers College Mentor Calls, I had to stop because they're in the process of changing those. So I don't want to do all that work and then have to revise it. I'm just going to wait on that one. And um, I am working on a newsletter, the alleged sped newsletter. I'm taking that over for Jess Shergan. She's going on maternity leave. So I'm, um, I have two of the three parts completed. So I just have one more item to complete that will be done by Monday. Very cool. Very cool. Well, and you know, do you have any? Have they given you any idea of when you'll be able to move forward with the Google Classroom? No, they said this summer. <laughs> They're working on it this oh. summer, so I have no idea <laughs> what that means. <laughs> oh, so oh gosh. I'm just piddling around, you know, still learning it while while I'm wait and waiting. <laughs> well, you know, if, if, if nothing else, we certainly at WGU learn how to be flexible and adaptable, and change is just what we do. So that's good. True. Very true. (laughs) Thank you. Wonderful. All right. Who's next with their stand-up? Hey, Cassandra. This is Susan. And hey, my goal for this sprint is to read The Magnetic Leader and to complete the course by the author on MentorBox. And I'm about two-thirds of the way through. I'm enjoying the book. I find it to be good common sense stuff i so far i'm not seeing a whole lot in terms of really break you know groundbreaking material but it's not bad stuff to have all in one place uh she bases a lot of what she says on her observation as having been a consultant for a while and her attributes for magnetic leadership are you know they they make a lot of sense Uh, One thing I've noticed, though, while reading this is that I really appreciate the people that I've worked with here 
I, because the leaders that I've worked with and my colleagues overall have a lot of these attributes. And, you know, I just, I, I think hearing both the success stories that she has uh, relayed and also the horror stories that she's talked about, I just, I think we've got really good stuff here. I mean, I knew that anyway beforehand, but it's nice to feel that reinforcement uh, and she speaks to some of our leadership principles as well. So I'm enjoying it. I don't know that it's going to change my life dramatically, but I think it's uh, going to enrich it a bit. So it's cool. That is cool. So, Susan, what, what is one thing that you've read in Magnetic Leaders so far that for you is a great reminder, like something you know so that you go, ah, that's I needed to be reminded of that? Well, you know, I she talks a lot about ownership and also about innovation, and I think that's really cool. And I think a lot of uh, the, all the attributes speak to me, but I think vision and resilience are ones that I really like to be that I really enjoy being reminded about. You know, th- those are things that are. I, I think that those particular attributes are less conventional wisdom than some of the others. You know, strong communication, authenticity, that sort of thing. I think a lot of us know that that's pretty important. And vision and resilience, I think we know that those are important as well, but the way she goes into them, I think, are uh, is pretty helpful. Really good, Susan. That's powerful. I wrote I wrote both of those key things down because most people, like you said, the other things that you talked about, communication, um, most people understand that there are basic parts of leadership. What most people don't get about vision and, and resilience is that to have those on a leadership level, you've got to practice them every single day. There's a certain vigilance to holding a vision, having a vision, seeing a vision, believing in a vision, and there's equally a, a certain amount of vigilance that comes with putting yourself in situations and recognizing situations where you get to build resilience, especially because building resilience a lot of times is not comfortable when you're in the practice classroom of that. Yeah, very true. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they are at least as much verbs as they are nouns, really. Yeah, oh, that's powerful. That's right there. So powerful. Wow, great job. (laughs) Thank you. Awesome. Who's next? Robin, let me ask you a question. Do you think that you're getting to the 100% 
Um, do you think getting to that, the, the main stumbling block or obstacle, are PMs returning your, your calls? Is that what it is? Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, you know, obviously that's out of my control. But, um, yes, right now that's where I am is the waiting on them to get back to me so because they have to be the one to put in that AS request to transfer the student over. And if you, what do you think is the solution to that particular uh, obstacle, which, which it's, it's not new between CIs and PMs in terms of communication and collaboration? Right. Do you think the answer to that is a heightened ownership on both parts to stay in constant communication with each other? Or do you think um, if, we, if CIs could do what PMs could do, it would eliminate that as well? Oh, interesting. Yeah, I mean, obviously, if I could just go in and, and make that switch, it would be done already. On the other hand, I believe that there's a strong reason for that. You know, obviously, that PM is the one that's there working with the student day to day, and they know more of the story. So even though I'm the one that's going to say, right, but we're going to we see more success in this course, you know, and I give them the 100 reasons why, I still need to be in contact with that PM, and I don't feel like it would be um, completely beneficial to the student if we weren't all on the same page. So if I just went in and made the change, I don't know. I don't believe that would be the right way to go. So I, I do think that there needs to be that triangular, you know, communication between the student and the PM and myself. So no, I don't think that I should be the one to go in and switch it for them. Very Can nice. I? So that, oh, sorry. Oh, and yeah, please throw in. Yeah, I this, this, this is Teresa. We've been sorry. For forever, Teresa. We've been having this forever. So let's find a way to fix this. Okay, as a PM. Yes. <laughs> so as a PM, I have. So as as a course instructor, can you make those changes or no? No. Okay, tell me why. Because that's new to me. That's completely new. I always thought you could make that AS change. Well, and maybe, I, maybe I'm speaking out of turn. Maybe there is, you know, I probably can go in. I was told in this circumstance to, to go through PMs. Okay. Yeah. So my thought is, so as a PM, I kind of look at my course load and um, – I look at, all right, how many students, you know, how many phone calls do I have today? How many issues? You know, who's ending term? Who's testing? Who's, I mean, it just sure. gets chaotic. I'm wondering if it would be helpful for you to jump on their book with me link and get an appointment with that PM. Yeah, that's a great idea. It takes that's up some time for you. Email. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, I will say that sometimes I am guilty of I will, like, flag an email to follow up. But if I'm getting 50 emails today, because right now for me it's end of term, I've got nine new students, I've got enrollments, I've got graduates, your email could get lost somewhere in there. And even though in the back of my mind I'm saying, okay, I've got to hurry up and get back. So I would say jump on her calendar, take 15 minutes, and, you know, say, okay, in, in your message, this is what it's for. And I think it helps us, too, because there are so many program changes going on. Yes. It really helps us if you tell us exactly why you want to do that. 
then we can also take this back to our team and say, hey, I just had this great conversation this week with so-and-so about this. Yeah, and we this we admittedly we did we've we've sent out um, mass emails through the senior managers, then we sent out individual emails to each PM, and those two were just organizational, right? Hey, here's what's coming up, you know, please watch for this, mm-hmm. and then and then now the individual email to say, okay, this is the student that we're talking about that's on your roster and you know please go ahead and swap them over so they have had um this is probably the fifth email that they've had oh yeah yeah. you're like excessive (laughs) i get it you're on the excessive yeah i would say book time with them and say we're going to walk through this together it's really important why we need to do this yeah that sounds good thank you i would say book time Also, I love when we get all our perspectives on the line. It just helps. Hey, Cassandra, I know this is outside. This is Beth. This is outside of the sprint. But just that exchange shows that, you know, we as everybody in the organization do get a lot of emails and do receive a lot of communications. And I don't think this is the first time that a CI isn't hearing back from a PM or a PM isn't hearing back from a CI. So I'm wondering if there's a bigger organizational opportunity. Uh, We talk about our students getting so many emails, but is there an opportunity as an organization to be respectful to, you know, our colleagues in terms of getting back to them? But also, is there an opportunity in terms of how do we write an email that's going to be read? I mean, Robin is definitely communicating, you know, as much as she can. And to the point that everybody's busy, you know, where do you prioritize that in your 50 emails? I I just raised it. I don't know where to put that on the list of things. But Robin and I talked about it because I was having an opportunity that I was reaching out to PMs for students and wasn't hearing back. And so I think it's not an isolated incident. I think those are some really great points. I have a I, after you, Cassandra. I'll I'll add an idea that I have. Oh, no, um, go this ahead, is go Kimberly. Ahead. Oh, sorry. I, I'm a PM as well, so I wanted to add one thing in there with regards to that. Um, I know on my team, I hear when we talk about stuff like this, a lot of the PMs on my team. They don't answer any emails that um, is, from, is not from a student. I don't know why they do this because I don't do this. But I've found that a lot of the PMs on my team do this. They don't respond to any emails that's not from a student until on a designated day. So they may have a slow day. They use that day to respond. And they'll, they will answer all, even PM, um, CI emails at that point. Um, so they may do it on a, a slow day or some of them have Fridays. Um, I'm a little anal, so I like to respond to everybody as the email comes in. Mm-hmm. So I guess one of the things that um, just the idea about getting them, getting on their calendar and getting them on the phone, I think is so much, it's such a better idea because we do get a lot of emails. And like I say, I just prefer to do mine as they come in. But when just having a general conversation with the team, when we talked about email management, 
so many. I mean, I was one of the few that answer, addresses emails as they come in. And me, myself, when I email my other teammates, it's days before they get back to me because they are batching their emails for a day when they have less work. So just a thought. And this is Eric. I guess my, my two cents on that is um, I've always operated under the premise that we are to respond to student emails within four business hours and our other internal constituents on the same day. But maybe Absolutely. I was misinformed. That's what I follow up that, with. That, that is that is that is our standard. Mm-hmm. And and here's and here's the issue. And and I, somebody else had chimed in with an idea, so I'm going to say this super quick so we can get the other ideas in there. I think a lot of this has to do with the, the ways in which we build relationships between CIs and PMs. We've been talking mm-hmm. about this whole collaboration thing for I've been here almost eight years. Probably for seven of those eight, we've been having the same conversation. And the problem that we have is we're not building strong enough relationships across the line between each other. I can tell you for sure, because I was one of Beth's new mentor trainers, Mm -hmm. even before Beth came onto the team, if Beth sent me a message, I was going to answer that like right now because Beth and I have a relationship in a different way than I have with another mentor or another instructor who I don't know as well. And that's just by the relationship and the nature of the relationship. And I think what's happening is program mentors and course instructors don't, for the most part, don't have tight enough relationships. Look at Robin and Beth. I bet if Robin sent a message to Beth, <laughs> Beth would respond to me. Right, Beth? Like, you'd be like, Absolutely. hey, that's my She's credit. first right? on my list. <laughs> I'm telling you. So, so, so there's a deeper issue here, which is the issue of how are we connecting and building relationships with each other where we care about each other to the point where we go, when I get a message from Robin, that's serious business to me. So that's the first thing. And then the second thing is, you know, <laughs> People over processes, that's the agile method, people over processes. There comes a moment where, yes, we're all swamped, but we're going to have to work out this relationship piece because at the end of the day, it has to be people over processes for everybody to be served. And it doesn't all have to happen in one day, but we've got to figure it out. So somebody else had an idea. Please throw that out there. I was um, just going to suggest a a quick possibly with my students, especially in a busy phase um, with onboarding, um, I put in the subject line action item or response requested by in the in the subject line has been very helpful mm-hmm. uh, because then they know Great that, it. okay, Megan needs, to, needs this yeah. by this date, so I need to get it back to her. Yeah. That's, just That's a, a quick, great idea. Quick suggestion. Mm-hmm. That's fantastic. Because I'd pay attention to that email. I'd be like, just like the people and people in talent who kept bugging me all week about my 800 points. Saying, listen, you have to be brilliant. You're a five-something. You better move it. I'd respond to that email. Yeah. I think that's a great point. And I know when we're trying to reach students, we also try to determine, you know, what is that subject line that's going to get somebody to open the email but you're right, I forget to make that subject line powerful when I'm emailing colleagues. I wonder if it'll help. It'll be interesting. Yeah. <laughs> well, that theory into practice, I don't know. We'll see. Right. Well, and to Robin's point, Robin has some really phenomenal 
you know, milestones for herself and objectives that are dependent on others. So does she have to put in more time to get others to do their part of the job for her to be successful? And that I use Robin as the example because I think that rely that question comes to all of us as we're setting our sprint goals. And it also ties back to our students as they're setting their own sprint goals and then they have a sick child or a spouse that can't watch a child or something like that. And Beth, you're right. And I, and I think it comes back to this whole idea of relationship because once you've built a solid collaborative relationship with someone, you just treat how you interact with them in a totally different way, in a completely different way than you would otherwise. And, and Cassandra, and the last thing on this, on the relationship peeps, because Robin echoed this, I heard a lot of folks from the College of Business, when they came back from the meeting, they said, I'd never met an enrollment counselor before, for example, and they felt they had such an appreciation for that side of the organization, and to your point about those relationships that were built, now if an enrollment counselor emailed, you know, a course instructor or a program mentor, they're going to open those emails and respond because that relationship had been built. So that's just a teeny piece to show, I think, exactly your point. Um, now it's the how do we do that as a larger, you know, 40, whatever we are, 4,000 plus person, you know, uh, organization. Absolutely, Beth. That's why we're trainers. We'll never I know, not have training. Should, should this go on it, an right? agenda item someplace, Cassandra? <laughs> I, I think it should. I think it should, yeah. for sure. We, we have lots to train about. So, yeah. agreed. Let's continue to collaborate and talk. And who? And any other ideas before we move on to any other stand-ups? Perfect. Okay, who wants to give their stand-ups? So this is Beth. I'll give my stand-up, which is so boring now after Robin's and that great discussion. Um, so um, mine is I am have just joined the training team, and I am trying to become a, as much of a subject matter expert as I can in the first five weeks of new mentor training. And I am on track. What I am doing is trying to deep dive into each of the concepts that are being covered with the new faculty and try to do a lot of the background research that those that put together these presentations did. So I am on track and uh, am meeting my goals. That is fabulous. Now, now of, of the sessions that you are learning about, Beth, are you seeing the alignment between each of the different sessions, or are you seeing opportunities to better align them? Both. Um, so I'm seeing the alignment, and then I was talking with one of the people that I'm working on the next session with, and we identified some opportunities in one of the sessions. Actually, we've identified opportunities in two of the sessions. And so now I'm going to go back and do further research to see how, ca I, how I can then improve those sessions to be better aligned, one with the other sessions and two with the bigger learning outcomes for the new faculty. Perfect. That gives you more sprinkles. Cool. <laughs> Perfect. Awesome. All right. Who's next with their stand-up? This is Kimberly. I'll go next. Um, yeah, mine is pretty boring, too, after <laughs> after hearing that. Um, so I'm just working on, you know, I'm a PM in the IT college, so I'm just working on my honing in on some cohorts, trying to get them to a higher level of completion in their um in their course completion, the students in that cohort. 
um, and I'm just doing some tweaking some things and doing some things to see what works and what doesn't pretty much for this sprint um, so that I can definitely advance on the things that work, pitch the things that don't. And um, also, um, I think I included that I'm reading a couple books. And so I'm, I thought I would be finished by July 1st, but it looks like Maybe finish a little bit later than that, but that's okay. I'm still enjoying the books I'm reading. So everything's coming along well. Very good. What's one book that you're reading? Um, they're old books, actually. Psycho Cybernetics. It's such an old book, but it is such a good book. And so I just needed a, a kind of um, a refresher on how the mind works in that way, and that was a good book for me to choose to do that. Yeah, and the classics remain true. So if it's a classic book, it, it, it holds even to today. That tells you a lot, too. Absolutely, because that book was written in the 60s, and it still holds okay. today. Wow. No, powerful. Yeah. Very, very good. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Any, anybody else want to do their stand-up before we end our time? I'll just give a quick update. Cassandra, I appreciate the um, the sprints. It has really had an impact on me being more proactive. I've I've implemented my daily hour of power, even though it might not be an hour, and I love that. It's on my calendar every day now. And I have to tell you that if it weren't for the sprints, I probably would not have been as committed to, to doing this. So I really appreciate. Um, I don't want to come to one of these calls and uh, not have a, a positive update. So it's really great to hear all of the robust conversations, and I really see value in this. So thank you for the opportunity and the, the support in doing so. Absolutely. You're welcome. Yeah, no, the hour of power is, is, is an amazing thing. Some people do two hours. I, I don't have two hours in a day to do it. If I did, I would do two hours. This morning I did 15 minutes of meditation, and I was up and ready to do some other things. So sometimes it's a quick 15, sometimes it's a 30 minutes of, you know, focus, and sometimes you get the full hour. That's amazing. Eric, how do you feel now that you're doing that every single day? Has it changed anything? Yeah, I feel much more proactive than reactive. And so it's really set my mind with clarity and more intentionality throughout the day. And what I find myself doing is I tend to be much like an all or nothing kind of guy. And I find myself keep wanting to do more, but I'm putting that boundary so that uh, what I've had a tendency to do in the past with goals is set too many goals. And then I just simply can't finish them all. So I'm trying to keep it contained to where it is something that I can do that 30 minutes every single day without fail. And then I'm going to build from that after a period of time after I've built that uh, habit of just having that as part of my day. So I feel empowered and uh, proactive. That is awesome. Well, uh, I'm an all or nothing person. It took me a long time to really be good with that. And I love being all or nothing but I agree with you. There is a moment where you have to say, um, let me put my all or nothing into one thing. And then when that one thing goes on autopilot from a neurological perspective, which takes about 66 to 90 days, and that just becomes what I do every day, then I can put my all or nothing into the next thing and sort of cascade the goals that way. But, um, you know, I stopped trying to do balance years ago because all or nothing people, we don't do that. We just don't, we're not built like that. But we can focus all or nothing into one thing at a time. So it's good. Really good. Appreciate Anything it. else? Definitely. 
Well, this has been a wonderful conversation. Let's keep it up. Let's keep talking to each other and collaborating and building relationships. And we will have our reflection call next week. Thank you, everybody, and we'll see you uh, on the reflection call. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Have a great weekend, everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye.